listening to Hope for Today Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining in this virtual space. We believe that as you listen, Jesus will minister to you right where you are. So open up your mind and your heart to what the Word would say to you today. Thank you for joining us. And remember, Jesus is our hope for today. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm going to invite you to turn to Philippians chapter 3. We are uh, beginning in a new letter of the Gospels. Um, It's nice to start fresh uh, in the Word together this afternoon. Um, Philippians chapter 3, penned by the Apostle Paul, is uh, one of my favorite passages of Scripture because it just talks to the realism of our faith journey in Christ and and what it looks like. And I I even love how the heading in my Bible in the CSB uh, puts this header of this section. It says, knowing Christ. I think all of us here today want to know Christ. We want to know him, not just an understanding from from an academic sense, but we want to know him in our heart of hearts. We want to know him in the day-to-day, in the nitty-gritty, if you will. And so Philippians 3, Paul holds nothing back as he writes and as he encourages the believers in, in Philippi and the surrounding region. And he says, in addition, so he's covered a lot of things about being lights in the world and Christian humility and advancing the gospel. And he continues and he says, in addition, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. To write to you again about this is no trouble for me and is a safeguard for you. I think it's so appropriate that for something for us to remember each and every day, to rejoice in the Lord, that rejoicing is a safeguard. Watch out for the dogs. Watch out for the evil workers. Watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision, the ones who worship by the Spirit of God, boast in Christ Jesus, and do not put confidence in the flesh. Because as last week, as Jesus reminds us, the flesh is no help at all. But life comes by the power of the Spirit. So verse 4, Paul continues saying, Although I have reasons for confidence in the flesh... If anyone thinks he has grounds for confidence in it, I have more. I was circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, regarding the law, a Pharisee. Regarding zeal, persecuting the church, regarding the righteousness that is in the law, blameless. But in everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss, because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. And he goes on and just lays this thing up. Because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them as dung. I mean, you can't get clearer than that. So that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. And my goal 
is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. Not that I have already reached the goal or I'm already perfect, but I make every effort to take a hold of it because I also have been taken a hold of by Christ Jesus. You love that exchange. You love that interaction. I've been taken a hold by Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to take hold of it. But one thing I do is where we want to rest here today. One thing I do forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what lays ahead. I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly calling in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let all of us who are mature think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. Look at the way Paul ends that part of this section of his letter. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. If you are mature, think this way. Have nothing to do with the things of the world that have no eternal value or purpose. He calls it dung. We all know what dung smells like. I don't know anyone here who wants to be close to that aroma. How many of you bathe in dung every morning? (laughs) This is the image he's showing. They considered all as worthy loss, important loss to take a hold of Christ because Christ has taken hold of him. And I love that picture because anywhere that Paul goes, Christ has taken a hold of him and his power is working powerfully through him as he trusts in the Lord. But it doesn't end there, does it? Paul's emphatic statement is also our story. Because we believe in Jesus, Christ has taken hold of you. Because of his righteous works, we have been described the righteousness of God. You know, as we gather for the first Sunday of 2024, I still can't believe we're in 2024 that we can rally around the word of God that beckons us today, my spirit is this, release and rise. I was praying in the spirit, asking the Lord, what are the words for this year? What could be the theme we could rally around? And those were the two words, release and rise. When we release our life, not a white flag of surrender, but in a, in a reverence of hope and faith in him, as we release, we rise to the newness of new life. We rise from the ashes of our yesterday and the glorious hope for today that he's planned for us. The path to encountering the spiritual growth that we all desire that Paul is penning here is in our willingness to release the things that we've taken a hold of, letting go of our yesterdays, letting go of our mistakes, letting go of our sins because our life is in Christ and the power of his resurrection overflows to us. Do you receive this word for you this year? Release and rise. In Galatians 2.20, it says this, 
I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so if you're taking notes to sum it all up, the big idea for today is this. It's in the releasing that we rise and begin to encounter spiritual growth that God desires for us in Christ. Very simple reminder, Barb, that tangible, visible releasing and rising. It's a mindset, isn't it? You know, it's one thing to write these words. It's another thing to speak these words, but it's an entirely other thing to live them out. The Apostle Paul understood this mindset, this mindset of transformation, of girding himself in forward thinking by focusing on the pursuit of the upward call in Christ. And later in chapter 4, he says, you know what? I'm able to do all things through him who strengthens me. And in verse 19 of the same chapter, and my God will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. This, this forward thinking, it's more than just being positive. It's so much more than that. It's this obedient faithfulness and trusting even when it doesn't quite make sense. How many here are a work in progress? My hand's straight on up, amen. We are all a work in progress. And what Paul is encouraging us here in this letter is that where we lack in the physical, in the flesh, that as we surrender our life, as we release our life to Jesus, we have all that we need by his supernatural power. Peter, Peter the apostle, he made many, many missteps. Arguably one of the greatest was denying Christ. And yet he came to understand this release and rise. He let go of his yesterdays and the denial of Christ. And as Jesus restored him, as Peter continued to put his faith in him, he writes this in 2 Peter 1.3, his divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. By his own glory and goodness. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? There's something that hit me fresh as I read this passage. Look at the beginning of that chapter in verse one and two. Peter writes, saying he's a servant, an apostle of Jesus. He says, to those who have received a faith equal to ours, through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus. Look at that part earlier he says, to those who have received a faith equal to ours. The apostle Paul and Peter, they were not these extra special people. They had faith just like you and I. 
The grace of God abounded to them just as much as it abounds to us today in all of our contexts that we are on equal footing in the Lord. And so when it says that his divine power has provided everything we need for life, that is true and constant for us today. May grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. First takeaway point is this. Stop guessing and press forward. Stop guessing his divine power and press forward. I think this really plays well with the release and rise. A lot of times we can overthink things. Look, we're finite beings. We don't have everything figured out. We pretend that we do. But there's only one who is infinite, who knows all things, and that's the creator. That's our Lord and Savior. His very great and precious promise is to bring you up and out of the various things that infringe upon your spiritual growth to free you from what corrupts that process. Spiritual growth is a very personal experience, is the next takeaway. Spiritual growth is a very personal experience. When you're honest with the word of God, as you open and as you read, I've said it before, I understand it can sound like a, maybe a broken record, but it's like a bar of soap. And I like the analogy between when Paul says the things of the world like dung, that the word of God washes us of all the dung in the world. Growth is personal. Sometimes in that vulnerability, we'll say, God, I, I'm not willing to go there. Lord, do I really have to go there today? But the beautiful reminder the Apostle Paul shows us in verse 10, he says, my goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Jesus modeled for us this selfless love, but also this sacrificial act in service of God. That which God called him to, he would lay down his life. There are things in our life that the Lord is calling us to this new year to release so that we can rise. He doesn't force it upon you but being conformed in Christ in this way, it's a mindset, it's a choice of faith. And Paul is showing us here through his letter that he's exemplifying for us his yearning and knowing Christ, not on just this superficial level, but participate in the very power of the resurrection itself by sharing the fellowship of Christ's sufferings. He understood that whether he lived or died, that he'd be present with the Lord and the life and the time that he had, he was gonna live in alignment with Jesus. And as I was reading this late last night, I said, Lord, I don't know if I could do that. To be open and truly honest. Think about it. When Christ walked this earth and he encouraged his followers, all who had ears to hear and eyes to see, spiritual eyes, he says, if you were of the world, this is John 15, 19, the world would love you as its own. However, you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of it. And so the world hates you. 
Remember the world I spoke to you, or the word I spoke to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But they will do all these things to you on count of my name, because they do not know the one who sent me. This forward-looking orientation is not like a typical New Year's resolution, as I said earlier, of an optimistic thinking. Rather, it's this joyful obedience to abiding in the very words and call of Christ who says, follow me, pick up your cross. Whoever wants to, you know, save his life must lose it in me. Joyful obedience. To know Christ is to gain. Paul's showing us here this byproduct of aligned relationship is not only personal, but it's part of our spiritual inheritance. You know, we walk around, it's good. In the church, the very good thing when people walk and say, I want to receive all the Lord has for me today. I believe in the divine favor of God and his, his supernatural inheritance. Amen. And people raise their hands and say, I received that today. I desire your supernatural inheritance, Lord, we have for me today. He says, well, grow. He says, I'm the master gardener. There's going to be some pruning, but you're going to grow. Oh God, that's a little too much, a little too much clipping going on, Lord. But he says, anyone who abides in me will produce fruit and fruit that will last. And I got this picture. Lord, what are you saying for hope today as we release and rise? He says, it's going to bud. It's going to overflow with growth through that pruning. You know, not often you hear of one issuing a complaint when you encounter the anticipated, the expected favor and blessing of God in one's life. But it's another thing that God's favor and blessing remains true even the times when we have to endure, when things are not going as expected or the ways that we thought, Lord, I never thought this would happen to me. But the spiritual growth is all part of the process and it's very personal. To help illustrate this, Jesus says in John 15, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes, and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. So remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Just think about that for a moment. With supernatural eyes, okay, you are a branch grafted into the vine promises of God through Jesus. The supernatural will of the Father is flowing to you. The life blood, the very blood of Christ overflows to you. By his stripes, we are healed. You have all that you need. And so when he says, the one who remains in me and I in him produces fruit. Because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and withers. They gather them and throw them into the fire. And they are burned. 
You know, we think of this image, the hope and the promise here is the cultivation of fruit, of growth as we align our life, as we look to the master gardener. Look, we're all adults here and we're children of God. We're two of the same. But we know this, this working, this spiritual growth is a process. It's not always comfortable. But the word for us today, as I emphasize, is it's time to release and rise and let go of what you're holding on to. The very things that God would not bring you into, let those things be thrown into the fire. And as you do, you will come out refreshed and set free from those very entanglements that God did not intend for you to venture in the first place. What are those things? I was gonna walk to the cross for a sec, but I didn't wanna challenge the camera people. What are those things? You know, in Hebrews chapter 12, Apostle Paul, again, he presents this imagery of a race. He says, in urging believers to lay aside every weight and all the sin which clings so closely and to run with endurance the race that is before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus. And what I can appreciate about this in a, in a new way today is that as we release, as we set our hope in him, we're really running better than what Air Jordans could ever provide. We're light as a feather, so to speak, because he's carrying all our burdens. He's carrying all the plight of life. We can outdunk Michael Jordan any day because of who we are in Christ. It says, let us run with endurance the race that lies before us keeping our eyes on him, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And here's the correlation with uh, Philippians 3. He goes on to say, For the joy that lay before him, Christ endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, so you won't grow weary and give up. Paul said, I desire to know the power of the resurrection and to be conformed to his death. You know, the beautiful piece of this Hebrews imagery of this, this race, it underscores the importance again of cultivating a resilient faith that's forward thinking and desiring fruit instead of dwelling on the past successes or even being weighed down by past mistakes and intentionally release, making room for us to rise, to encounter Christ's life. And we can do this because of the power of his resurrection. And I would be shortchanging you today if we didn't emphasize again Galatians 2.20. Paul emphasizes, I've been crucified with Christ. The life I live in the body, I now live through Christ who lives in me. And so when you can understand this, when you can wrap your mind around it, your heart of hearts, we can have a greater understanding of Philippians 3.13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to take hold of it, but one thing I do, I forget what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. I pursue the goal, the prize promised by God's heavenly calling in Christ Jesus. 
You know, when Paul was penning these words, I've heard it from time to time, we're going to dispel this very thought. Paul was not suicidal when he says, I desire to be conformed in Christ's death. He understood that this life that we live is very short. It says in scripture, it's like a vapor. There's a time when we will be called up. And so in the here and the now and the time that we do have, how are we gonna live our lives? We know he says the word has cleansed you. We know that you're secure in the palm of, of the Lord's hand. And in light of that security, how then shall you live? I mean, you're light as a feather, so to speak. And he's saying, forgetting what is behind, it's time to leave those things that we've been carrying all this long. That we can encounter true freedom and peace in his name. And at first, it'll be a little bit uncomfortable. But the more that you release, you remember more the joy of the release and the rising than anything you held on to in the first place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mindset. Spiritual growth is personal. It's an invitation to encounter his resurrection power. As John comes, as we bring this to a close, I want to encourage all of us to, if you will, to practice this very release. Something that you can simply do, whether it's at home, even a few moments, maybe you're on your lunch break or, or you know a family member is going through something and maybe you don't even have the words to speak, but you can simply say, you know, let's come before the Lord. And I, there's something I, I learned recently that if we just release, we just release the things that hinder us. The Lord sees those things and he's able to exalt us in due time. But the first step is to release. The promise is that you will rise. Stronger than before. Better than before. And able to endure running the journey of faith that Christ has called you to. Amen? Would you pray with me together? Heavenly Father, I, Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your cleansing word that speaks to us here today. The power of your resurrection to know you, Lord Jesus, is every benefit and every gain. Lord, there's so much in this world that we can rally behind and, and, and attach ourselves to. And there's many things, Lord, you said you've, you created everything for our enjoyment. But Lord, I believe you've spoken very clear today to us through the letter of the Apostle Paul that the things that are not of you, you've never designed for us to cling to in the first place. So Lord, would you give us the spiritual eyes to see the things that we are to release so that we can encounter growth, true lasting growth of fruit and fruit more abundantly. Would you make those areas clear to each one of us right now? Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, teach us. Convict.
guide us in the way of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that the the power of your name is true. And Lord, as we release these areas in your name, Lord, they can truly be cast from our presence. By the power of your name, Lord Jesus, we speak to the the ministering spirits of darkness, of the demons. We bind them in your name. The spirit of lust, the spirit of pride, the spirit of mammon, remove from the heart in Jesus' name. Spirit of religiosity and various types of oppression and depression. Jesus' name. And Lord, when people run to places where they'll teach what their ears want to hear and what they desire to be affirmed that's not of you, Father, would you Get a hold of them. Lord, we know what's impossible for us is not impossible for you. And Lord, as you do that, would you help us to not be dissuaded? Lord, to not um, lose heart when we encounter our brothers and sisters walking away. Remind us, Lord, that you loved us and gave your life for us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As John continues his beautiful place of worship, do we have any prayer requests in the house? Again, one of the exercises that we want to do in fostering in our gathering is to be a place in a house of prayer. And so as we we sing, we know the importance and the authority that comes through singing. The very spiritual force of darkness must flee. But I encourage you today in in this place to step out and, and declare, even vocally, even verbally, that very prayer request that you have. Maybe it might even just be a word desire for this year. Perhaps it's a healing. Whatever it may be, confidently bring all those things before the Lord. And I have to tell you and to encourage you, there are people watching all over the world. There are people who have contemplated suicide that have not followed through. There are people who felt despair and thought, what what on earth am I living for? And they've encountered hope for today. We may not see them here because we know there's people that are all, you know, again, all over the world. But that's not what matters. What matters is that the gospel is going forth. It's being received. It's being, it's, 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 it's bearing fruit, but most importantly, also in your own life. Continue to receive, continue to press through and allow the Lord to work through you, even in this place. Amen.